Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. And good morning, everybody. We are ready to go. Are you ready to go on this Monday afternoon drive? It's what I used to do. Now it's morning drive. Almost slipped there, morning drive. It's kind of dark outside, so in some ways you can make the case, in my own mind, it is sundown, but really it is some up. Sun you up. just woke up, for God's sake. No, it's morning, not afternoon. I, I drove Get in. used to it. No, I drove in from Arvada this morning, and so I was in the car for a while. So How maybe was the I'm commute? On. Full contact? No, not at all. Not it was at all. straight Beautiful. in. Beautiful. That's good. That was pretty good. That is not bad. Pretty good. So. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurl. You can watch us, MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. How'd the weekend go, Mr. Tuck Pointing? It went well, thank you very much. Tuck Pointed on Saturday. For those of you wondering, what in the heck is he talking about? Tuck Pointing, very simply, is removing the mortar between bricks in an old house, which I have. I'm an old man owning an old house, which is appropriate. Uh, We've poured money into it enough to the point where, you know, you get to the point where it's like great spending money. You enjoy it. And then right up to the point where it's like, I'm not spending another penny on it. And then you're thinking, I'll just build out my own foundation. Bingo. I'm doing it myself. You're going to build out your own foundation? Well, not quite. Clearly didn't listen to what I had to say. (laughs) Clearly not. It is early. I'm not going to build out the whole foundation. Right. But I might as well be because I'm essentially replacing mortar right between bricks so it's one of the same it's basically one in the same time now for the lead the lead is presented by smoke and dave's barbecue and brew colorado's best barbecue since 2007 get some tonight in denver longmont lions and estes park okay broncos need to get their roster to 53 players by 2 p.m tomorrow no cuts yesterday we would expect some cuts today in the meantime uh, final preseason game was on Saturday against the Vikings. A lot of positives. What stuck out, uh, stood out to you? Well, they ran the ball well. Uh, that's job number one. They played with a lot of enthusiasm. Who do you give focus. the credit to? Uh, you can only give credit to one, whoever. Well, then I would probably say that there was a strong, in fact, it was mentioned in post game numerous times, a very strong emphasis on reconstituting the run game mm-hmm. was a point of emphasis. I, I would say I would probably give credit to Nathaniel Hackett. I'll give credit to the offensive line being better in zone blocking. Yes. Something that they had been terrible with. Listen, you can give a lot of credit. Mike Boone was a beast out there. Fantastic. I am not ready to say, hey, maybe you should look to trade Melvin Gordon. I'm not there. No. Um, n- nor should he be cut from the roster uh, looking at his salary. You want to keep him. You want to keep Mike Boone. He's really a special teams guy. But at the end of the day, when Mike Boone has gotten chances in his career, even with Minnesota, he has been pretty good. But I don't think a lot of people knew the name Devin Ozigbo before the game, or at least knew it pretty well. Jaquan Hardy played well. Uh, So it was nice to see these running backs play well. It was nice to see the zone blocking get better because I think, honestly, that was the biggest concern I had going into the regular season. How are these guys picking it up? But you know what the truth is, Bruce? Hmm. We have no idea how good no. the zone blocking is. You no. know why? You know why? 
because the guys who played on Saturday aren't going to be the guys playing in two weeks. Well, you say your biggest concern was going into the season. How about your biggest concern going into game three of the exhibition season? They had run the ball for 71 yards collectively in two games against the the Cowboys and the Bills. Look, uh, one game does not a season make. There's not even an opener make. You're absolutely right. We haven't seen the ones. Um, the, the jump is that if the twos and the threes have made this kind of improvement from Buffalo, where the uh, success in the running game was non-existent, to and it could be as simple as the personnel that Minnesota played or didn't play. Who knows? But they executed. And previous to that last series where they were basically – just downing the ball, they ra- they rushed for over six yards a carry. They were impressive. You give credit where it's due, you move on, and you feel like you hope that you've seen these ones enough without actually getting after it at full speed, execute this fairly well. And we always go back to the shared practice, the joint practice with the Dallas Cowboys, where they were able to do this version of zone blocking fairly successfully. But they're going to work on it a ton in the next two weeks, only two days this week, heavy load next week in their game preparation for the Seattle Seahawks. I, I'm i fairly bullish, Eric. I mean, you know, we've gone kind of back and forth in this preseason, but I think that I, I end up walking, getting ready for the regular season now, somewhat hopeful. Let's look at a couple of things Nathaniel Hackett said last week leading up to the final preseason game. Number one, I want to apologize to the fans for our performance. Number two, following, I believe it was a Wednesday practice. I don't like the way we practiced at all. Again, I keep beating this drum, but now I think we can put this narrative to rest. That Nathaniel Hackett is a softie. He's too nice. He gives out too many hugs. The guys like him too much. What's going to happen when there is some adversity? How is the team going to react if if Nathaniel Hackett gets in their kitchen? Did your show on Thursday night on Channel 2 with Mick and with Taylor Kilgore? And they said to me, how do you think the Broncos are going to come out? I said, I think the message is going to be received loud no question. and clear that what they did against the Bills was not good enough. Yes, the run defense could have been a little bit better. Mm -hmm. But overall, they answered the bell. Hackett got into them a little bit. They listened, and they played a much better game. Just some highlights. Seth Williams, nice game. Jalen Virgil, on that opening kickoff, I Uh. think he's trying to make a play. I think if that's the regular season, he doesn't make that move. But again, he and Seth Williams showed they are deep threats. McTelvin Aguim, mm. we had talked about, hey, Very good. Hey, what, what's going to happen when all the roster cuts happen with all the teams? Are the Broncos going to go after some defensive linemen? I'm not so sure they are. We will talk about that later on in the show. Nick Benito, end of the game, third, maybe four stringers. He did play well. Now, a lot of positives in the game, but I think the big story coming out of the game was K.J. Hamler. Played for a while. Played well. Took some big hits. One specifically, which he got popped, got right back up. Mm-hmm. I caught up with him in the locker room following the game. Well, how'd you feel out there finally? Well, I feel good. You know, it was very exciting to be back. 
And, um, you know, I'm blessed. You know, God put me in a position. You know, he gave me a little a little bump I had to get over. But, you know, it was all, for, it was all worth it. One of your catches, you got popped pretty good. I know you don't want to get popped, but you kind of feel, I'm glad I got popped, now I'm back. Oh, yeah. You know, I think we all need that little, you know, it wasn't really nothing to me. You know, I got right back up. Um, but, you know, just... Just that's football. You know, you got to get back used to it. How important was it to you to be able to play in this game before the start of the regular season? Um, you know, I thought it was very important. You know, I really wanted to get in. You know, Hag didn't want to really play me. But, you know, I was just like, man, just let me get in. Um, let me get a few reps and, you know, just see if I'm still myself. I just want to be back to myself. Were you expecting to play the whole half, though, the whole first half? In my mind, I, yeah. uh, I thought that it was important that he played. I thought it was important that he played well, which I think he did. Uh, they kept it, they kept it safe and quick. Quick hits, catch the ball, make a couple of yards, get some contact, uh, but nothing that was. Well, I mean, you're playing football in the NFL. Anything can be dangerous. But they, they, they did as good a job as they possibly could just to get him out there and get what. The thing that surprised me the most was that he played basically the entire first half. Yeah, I thought that he would play. I thought that he would get. Three or four targets. I thought that they would try to force feed him a little bit early just to get, you know, the juice going a little bit. They did that, and then they kept him out there. So um, I thought it was interesting, and I thought that he, I thought he answered some questions, even if they were just questions that he had for himself. I'll, I'll stand corrected on something, and this is something that people don't want to do, whether it's in media or not, and that's kind of admit when they're wrong. I suggested on that show on Channel 2, I suggested on our show, that Hackett wanted him to play. Let's see how he can do, because I feel confident in Montreal, Washington. Mm -hmm. Come to find out after the game, Hackett didn't want to play him. Hamler did want to play. And I think that there are probably some guys who did want to play uh, in the preseason. Hackett said no. In this particular case, a little bit different. Hamler hadn't played for a while. He showed in the game that he could take a hit. He can get right back up. So I guess the big thing is, how good do you feel if all guys are healthy? I'm talking about the top three, Hamler, Sutton, Judy, all three guys, let's say, play at least 14 games this season. How are you feeling about the receiving core? As long as they run the ball the way that they should and the way they want to, I feel pretty good about them. They've got to, they've got to run the ball to set up the pass. That's going to be the, 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 the general track that this offense takes. And I think that if they do that, they will be successful because I think Russell Wilson will put the ball in places that these guys can catch and be successful. And uh, and I'm bullish. I mean, I think doesn't look. We haven't seen the ones, but we've seen them a lot in practice, and it's only practice. And I get it. I think this is an offense that can average 24 yeah. points a game, somewhere yeah. in that kind of realm. They average 24 points a game. They're going to win some games. I agree. All right, coming up after the break, roster cuts are mm -hmm. coming soon, 2 o'clock tomorrow. I'm guessing we'll get some roster cuts today. One of the most difficult position groups to make cuts, the wide receiver room. Uh, Brandon Johnson was having a really nice game, or I shouldn't say having a really nice game, was playing until he got hurt. He's a guy a lot of people think is going to make this team. I caught up with him following the game, and then we will talk about if the Broncos only keep two, who are those two guys going to be when you have about three or four guys to choose from? That's next.
Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive. Hurdle Goodman, watch us, mylifesports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman, if you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public. Go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Pinnacle Builders and their owner, Ed Goldinger. Man, doing it yourself is fine. You did some tuck pointing on your own, I right? did, yep. Would you do a major remodel on your own? No, of course not. I'm not qualified. That's why you got to bring in a professional like Ed Goldinger and his crew of Pinnacle Builders. They do high-end basements, bathrooms, kitchens, custom counters, cabinets. They do it all. Ed was trained in the Army as a carpenter and a mason 33 years later. He has the best remodeling company out there. I mean, here's the deal. Um, You want to work with somebody who's really good at what he does, but also somebody who really believes in his work. How much does Ed believe in his work? He's going to give you a two-year warranty on everything that he does. Standard operating procedure is a one-year warranty. I feel more comfortable with somebody who says, you know what, I'm going to give you two years. That should tell you about the type of work they use, the type of product they use, Go to PinnacleDen.com. That's PinnacleDen.com, the best in home remodeling. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have over 600 five-star reviews? No one has better service, and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to MightyPH.com. I think it is fair to say the most difficult roster decisions are going to be in that wide receiver room, for sure. One guy who made a strong case throughout the preseason was Brandon Johnson, although he suffered a high ankle sprain. First during, play of the game. Yep, during Saturday's game, wearing a walking boot following the win, had a chance to catch up with him following the victory. On that play that you got hurt, what happened? Uh, I was just blocking. And, uh, unfortunately, I just got rolled up on, but... Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Well, that's a good thing that the coaches saw that you were blocking, yeah. right? Because they want you to block, hey, right? Exactly. You know, so I figured I'm, if I get hurt doing my job, at least I'm doing something right. It might be difficult to sleep because of your ankle, but is there another reason why it might be difficult to fall asleep over the next couple of nights as you're waiting for the right phone call? Nah, nah, not at all. Um, you know, your mind can play tricks on you, but it all just comes down to, you know, did you do your best? Um, did you like? Did you truly do your best? And after that, I mean, it's all in God's hands. I can't, I can't do anything to control, you know, the, the decisions that are made. And I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be here, grateful for the opportunity to prove myself, and you know, try to show my value. And um, everything else, that's up to God. There's a lot of competition in that room. There's only two, maybe three spots. When you look at the competition, do you also look at yourself and say, I really hope that this is going to happen for me because you know it's not going to be easy? Oh, yeah. I knew coming into this, it would never be easy. And, um, you know, it's a lot of emotions with it. But at the same time, like I said, I mean, I I put in the work. I did did the best I could. The rest is up to God. And I, I truly and firmly believe that. Can you look at the coaches and say, I think I made my case? Uh, personally, yes. I have, I have a lot of confidence in what I've done and what I can do. 
But, you know, it's ultimately it's up to them. If you're the Broncos, what do you do with Brandon Johnson now that he has a high ankle sprain? You and I have been around professional sports long enough to know there is a difference between a sprained ankle and a high ankle sprain. High ankle sprains, you could make the case at least two to four weeks of recovery. I think you probably put him on the pup to start the season. You get four weeks of cover, and you yep. open up another roster spot yep. in a very crowded room. Mm-hmm. So that's my guess as to where as to where we'll go with this, because I think they're keeping Brandon Johnson. Guy's getting too much play, uh, and he's getting reps with the first group. Uh, you can tell that he's built some trust with Russell Wilson, and I think that goes obviously a long way. He's a big target. Uh, and appears to be a guy that's willing to do the dirty work as well. He's a guy that blocks downfield. Uh, he's a guy that embraces the challenge of being a wide receiver at this level. If you put him on the pup list today with teams that have not even filled out their practice squads yet, and then let's say for the sake of argument, you keep two or three guys, whoever they are, we'll get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. If for some reason... If for some reason, um, when he gets healthy, you can put him on waivers. You're forcing another team at that point with a full practice squad to make a move as opposed to they have a empty canvas. Right. So let's look at the guys who are going to be considered. I am not so sure Dwayne Stukes is going to get his way and get Tyree Cleveland on this team for special teams. So let's say they take two guys, just two, knowing as well that Brandon Johnson they like could turn out to be your seventh wide receiver. Mm -hmm. If you put them on the pup list, you can make the case they take two. But let's say, okay, let's say they take two, not three. Seth Williams, Jalen Virgil, Kendall Hinton. Make a case for two of those guys. Man, Seth Williams was making his own case before he let a ball go right through his hands. Uh, you know, in in the in the first late in the first half, and a draft pick. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Um, and he's got great size, doesn't he? I yep. mean, he's got size, uh, and he's an athlete, and he um, can make plays downfield, and he can make plays one on one. Tim Patrick was more of a safety blanket, mm-hmm. sure hands, but he's not making forty five yard. He wasn't consistently making forty five yard catches. Right. We saw that with Seth Williams. He has that ability. He does have that ability. And Jalen Virgil has that ability as well. I was a little... Jalen Virgil was kind of feast and famine the other night. He was still very productive. Still caught the football when thrown to him. It bothered me a little bit. And I look, I know it was probably just a little bit of... Wait, you better be careful because I'm about to make a case against another guy if you're going to make a case against Jalen Virgil. I'm not necessarily making a case against him. I'm saying that for the first, I had a little bit of a warning flag on the first play of the game. Mm-hmm. That bothered me a little bit. But also a couple of penalties later in the game. Okay. That bothered me a little. It was, it's like, dude, come on, stop it. How did Kendall Hinton handle that punt that started the two-yard line? I, I feel you. Okay. I feel you. Same, same exact thing. Okay. Same exact thing. And, um, and you figure that maybe that Hinton or Virgil are going to be the backup return guys behind Montreal, Washington, right? And you'd ra- to me, you'd rather have Jalen Virgil because he's more explosive and honestly, in special teams, in terms of returning, 
He's been better. He does have size. The argument for Hinton is this, and this is what people inside that building will tell you. We really like Hinton's route running. Yeah. He's not spectacular. Right. But they like his route running. Similar to a Tim Patrick. He does a lot of things well, but he's not great in anything. To me, Jalen Virgil has more upside, but they may feel more comfortable. It's like a pair of jeans. Do you want the more comfortable pair of jeans that are worn in, or do you want the nicer pair of jeans that you do eventually need to wear in? You want what you know, and I think that they know what they have in Kendall Hinton, and then the question becomes, all right, I got Kendall Hinton, and I got Jalen Virgil, compare and contrast. And ultimately, how much is the difference between the two? I think you just laid it out perfectly. One has a really high ceiling. The other one probably has a little higher floor. Did you read anything into it that Kendall Hilton was not one of the first receivers on the field? Because I do just a little bit. Jalen Virgil was. Seth Williams was. Brandon Johnson was. Kendall Hilton essentially really didn't start playing playing until the second half. Well, I found that interesting. Maybe hmm. it's just coincidental. It could be because, again, you could that kind of might get back to we know what we have in the guy. Right. We know what the trust factor is that we have in the guy. So why are you playing him at all? Yeah, that's a great question. It's, I don't it's, know. Not, it's not like you had a lack of wide receivers on the roster trying to make the team right. filling a final spot potentially. I think it's – well, that's what we're all waiting for for tomorrow afternoon, really. I mean – even more than who the backup quarterback is. To me, it's almost six of one, half a dozen and we'll of get, the other. We'll get into that next. But I think the back end of the receiving room is easily the most intriguing part because th- we've seen this brewing all camp long, right? right? Yeah. All camp long. What in the world would this look like if Tim Patrick hadn't gone on IR? Your team would be better. Well, no, but I mean, what would this room, this competition look like? I mean, you then now you're squeezing. Now, maybe we wouldn't have seen Virgil and Williams. I don't know. Maybe we wouldn't have seen these guys get their chances as much right. as we ended up seeing. I mean, they got lots of reps early on, and they got thrown to. If Tim Patrick is healthy, you have five wide receivers that you feel really good about. Yeah. And then maybe have one open slot. Yeah. I'd rather have that. You know what I Me would too. rather not have? A half-eaten peach sitting on the desk that looks so incredibly nasty. No, it's not nasty. You know what this is? Please tell me. A Palisade peach. Oh, it, my gosh. But, but no. listen, you could do whatever you want to. Mm. But just looking at that, that looks so nasty. Looks good, doesn't it, boys? That a boy. Not sitting on a desk. Zach and Alex are all about it. Bingo. It may taste good. doesn't look very appetizing. There we go. Thank you. So we both win here. You know, Alex, I was going to defend you on the uh, on, on the on the loose soundbite that we had there. I was going to say, hey, don't listen to don't listen to this old curmudgeon. You just do your job. But now all of a sudden I'm in Zach. Zach, you and I are going to have some uh, peach. Uh, he doesn't cobbler. Want, he doesn't want a bite of that. Mm. What are you going to are you going to suck on the pit, too, when it's done? No. Just to extract as much flavor as possible? No, I'm not going to do that. How long, gonna is it gonna t- how long is it going to take you to finish that? Oh, I'll finish it in the break. Look, buddy, 
I work until look, buddy. Uh, look, I work. Wow. In, I, is that where we're at now? Yeah, we are. We're three weeks in. We're three weeks in. I finished at about eleven forty-five last night. Uh -huh. I'm having a damn peach. Okay, enjoy it. That's a peach, hon. Thanks. Oh, golly, I'm hot today. <laughs> Coming up after the break, every Monday on the show, we do the Rocky Mountain Forest product shout-out question. And um, you know what? We're going to do that. Who should be the backup quarterback? That's next. I'm tired of screwing up. I'm tired of going down. I'm tired of myself. I'm tired of this town. Oh, my, my. Oh, hell, yes. Honey, put on that... Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. And welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. Of course, you can watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can listen to us. 98.1 FM and in crystal clear HD 107.5 HD3. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda. Or find them at sthmazda.com. Okay, every Monday on the show, we do the Rocky Mountain Forest Products shout-out question. Here we go. Did Brett Rippon show enough in the final game to be the guy that Hackett and Peyton should choose as the backup? I think there's six of one, half a dozen of the other. I just don't think there's much difference between the two. I don't know who I have more faith in to win a couple of games in Russell Wilson's absence. I don't think it makes much difference. Maybe there was... Maybe the interception that he threw at the goal line after he had engineered an 89-yard drive wasn't a great route. No, nope. it not, was I'm, it was not a good route. But it was, but but it's probably the throw he wishes he had back. Well, here's the thing, and I, I was thinking about this when that exact play happened. For Brett Rippon, it was he shouldn't have thrown that ball into tight coverage. Right. If it was Drew Locke, his wide receiver screwed him again. If Locke could only have wide receivers that run perfect routes, he'd be the starter on this team. Boy. Right? It all goes back to Drew Locke. Well, you know what? I'll take it back even further before you were here. Okay. The same excuses were made about Jay Cutler. Mm. Specifically, though, when he left Denver and he was in Chicago. Cutler's not playing well. His offensive line isn't very good. Then the Bears beef up the offensive line. His wide receivers aren't very good. People have this narrative in their head that they see a lot of arm talent and they get so tantalized in how good this guy can be. We'll just blame everything else around it because it's never that guy. The route was not a very good route no. by Hamler, if we're being completely honest. Should the pass have been thrown? Maybe, maybe not. It was a tipped ball, yeah, and that kind of stuff just happens. It does. Okay? It is the preseason. Um, and I'm thinking if that touchdown pass is completed, 
is Rippon's job. I think you're right. I, I think no question. Right. Asked. I would too. And, and as we are sitting in the press box, I'm sitting next to Zach and Cody work. We're watching uh, Ken, uh, not Kendallton. We're watching um, Johnson drive the ball down the field. And I'm thinking, man, and they're like inside the 20. And I'm thinking, man, if Johnson throws a touchdown pass, he could completely shift the narrative back to him. I agree with you. There is not a lot of daylight between the two guys. And you can make the case one is a veteran who has actually played in NFL games. Although Rippon has played sure he has. in NFL games. Uh-huh. Which guy, I mean, and I know we're nitpicking here, which guy has the better chance of clearing waivers? <sighs> Johnson. Even with his NFL, NFL experience. <sighs> Again, the degrees are so minuscule. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, that's who I would say. I, look, if you're just asking me which way the wind is blowing, I'll probably take Rippon. I would take Rippon. I as think well. I'd take Rippon. Yeah. But and I, he wasn't particular. There were times when he was good, but there were times when he was right. not particularly sharp either. Right. But that's why he's a backup. That's why Johnson's a backup. And Rippon might be a career clipboard holder he could be another trevor simeon who gets some spot starts and then winds up getting a pension a nice pension because he played in the league for and 10 more years. power to him for it and honestly that's going to be the trajectory for drew Locke's career as well right agreed by the way what don't even get me going on that we'll get going on that uh, in the last segment of the show all right fine so who would you pick I think I'd take Rippon. Rippon would be the guy that I'd move forward with, but it would be basically a test the wind. It'd be a, what club do I use on this hole? Because the wind's coming across me six miles an hour, hardly even enough to move the ball. Do you think the guys making the decisions, Peyton and Hacken and Outen are really kind of going back and forth on this and, you know, there are some serious discussions. I'm not suggesting no. somebody's banging a table. No. But I, I think it's going to come down to who do they feel most comfortable with for a two-game stretch? Probably. Yeah, and I don't know the answer to that. I mean, who's involved in that conversation? I'll tell you who Hackett, I think. Hackett, Outen, Broncos. I'll tell you who I think Broncos fans want the answer to be. The homegrown kid. The guy who's paid his dues, who has been here for a while. I don't we have know, a problem we, with that. We know who Rip is. The problem is, is that the guys making the decisions have no strong ties no, to Rip. You're right. Because he was here before they all got here. George Payton. Does it matter his age? No, not really. Not really. They're going to wind up drafting a quarterback probably next exactly. year anyway. Right. And then next year, they'll probably draft the quarterback. And eventually they'll they'll try and move on from Rippon and get some sort of an upgrade. I would go either way and not even think twice about it. I think I think the decision should be made on this criteria. Mm-hmm. Who do they? Not who's the more talented guy. Who knows the offense better? And that's it. Who has the higher football IQ? Because honestly, if somebody has to go in in the middle of a game, you're not expecting your backup to win the game anyway. If the sea is stormy, 
who can find a way to keep the ship from capsizing. Right. And that's the guy with the higher football IQ. I don't know which guy has the I higher don't either. football IQ. Yeah. I know that Rippon understands the playbook. I'm not suggesting that Johnson doesn't. But I think that should be probably the biggest criteria. Yeah, you're not necessarily looking for the guy who can win you the game. You're looking for the guy who won't lose the game for you. Right. All right, what do we have coming up on, just in case you missed it? With internet servers going down at Aviva Stadium in Dublin, Ireland on Saturday, what were fans treated with? And this MLB All-Star closer continues to take a nosedive. Who is it? That's next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman and Hurdle. Watch us, mileisports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, Go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, two weeks from today, Bruce will be in Seattle as the Broncos open the season against the Seahawks. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, on Saturday at Aviva Stadium in Dublin, Ireland, where Nebraska Northwestern was being played, the internet server went down in a cashless stadium, so they decided to hand out free beer and food to anybody who wanted it. What's the best time for this to happen? Because I think a four-hour-long college football game has to be right up there. Oh, are you kidding me? How fortuitous. I mean, it's good as it gets, and it's so wonderfully Irish. How the hell with it? Just give it to them for free. Is that great or what? I mean, you know, it would have been nice if Scott Frost could have made some better decisions instead of onside kicking with a double-digit lead trying to you know, dig it in on Northwestern. Good for them to come back and win the game. But I'm all for Irish hospitality. A tip of the hat and a rub of the green. By the way, I'll be in Dublin next May for Bruce Springsteen at that same stadium. I don't know why anyone is surprised that Nebraska lost that game. Me either. Does anybody truly understand the history of Scott Frost at Nebraska? I was talking to one player following the game on Saturday. Uh Uh-huh. Big Ten guy, and we were talking about Scott Frost, and he's rolling his eyes about Scott Frost. Another Broncos player chimed in, said, this guy is such an awful coach. Even professional players know how bad of a coach that Scott Frost is. And I think the best part of that game was postgame when they lost, and I believe it was Northwestern's offensive coordinator 
put out on Twitter, jokingly, we only threw up four times leading up to this game. <laughs> Taking a shot at Scott Frost and his crew, bragging about, yeah, our guys threw up a lot. Good for the people in, in Ireland for making the decision to give free beer. Sure. Because in the United States where it's all about oh, money. Oh, no. Are you kidding never, me? Never, never would have happened. You'd have been writing IOUs. You know, I'm wondering if the uh, Walton Penner group would have done that. Don't know. I'll tell you one thing that I found to be very impressive. Uh, I was standing outside the locker room right before we had a chance to go in. The doors are wide open. And then... Once everybody is in the locker room, the doors close mm-hmm. because Nathaniel Hackett talks to the team. I loved watching it. I'm not suggesting this didn't happen with Pat Bowen. I'm not suggesting this did not happen with Joe Ellis, although I don't remember seeing it a lot. I like the fact that Greg Penner and Kerry Penner were standing right at the doorway, shaking hands, back slapping, giving high fives to every single guy walking in that locker room. Garrett Bowles walks in. You know, he wasn't dressed for the game. You know, kind of chassing, jaunting in. Gives Kerry Hunter, uh, Kerry uh, Penner a huge hug. Yeah. That is a way to build a family atmosphere when the owners are waiting there to congratulate the players. Certainly after a win, but I'm guessing that would be after a loss. That's how you build continuity within an organization. Good on the Penners for doing it. Engaged. Just in case you missed it, since joining the San Diego Padres, Josh Hader has thrown four and two-thirds innings and allowed 12 runs on 12 hits with seven walks and eight strikeouts. An absolutely brutal stretch that may have seen its lowest point yesterday when he allowed six earned runs in one-third of an inning to raise his season ERA to 6.52. Remember, it was at 1.05 on July 4th, so that just shows you how bad he's been over the last month and a half. Uh, what in the world is going on with Hader, and are the Padres' championship hopes uh, now toast? Well, no, because he's just got to find his—he's got to find his level. He obviously hasn't been able to do that yet. The Padres are not a factor in the West, where they're nearly 20 games behind the Dodgers. No one would be a factor in a division with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Nobody at this particular point. Not even the once mighty New York Yankees. But here's the deal. The Padres are a postseason team. Can you get yourself right by the time the postseason rolls around? Because at this point, that's all you're trying to do. Get guys in the lineup healthy. Get your order against right and left-handed guys uh, in sync and know what your bullpen is going to look like. I I know this about Hayter. He's a guy that's been good a heck of a lot more than he's been bad or inconsistent in his career. He'll find his way back, and uh, the Padres will be better for it. couple things. The Padres were a playoff team before Hayter got there. Right. So you can make the case they don't need him. They would like him to play well, mm-hmm. but they don't need him to play well. The other thing is, and, and people do this all the time, and you and I can disagree on this, and I'm guessing we will. I like the Chris Bryant move. I didn't like what they paid him because I think they negotiated against themselves. Well, that's part of the move. But Chris Bryant makes this team better. And and people want to criticize Dick Monfort for not spending money. Certainly spent money. I'm not going to go back in hindsight and say it was a bad move because a guy didn't work out. Hater, it was applauded 
at the time, if it doesn't work out, you you don't have a crystal ball as a GM. And, and, and know for a fact this guy is going to work out. If he doesn't work out, doesn't work out. The move was the right move at the time, just like Chris Bryant. It was the right move at the right time. For as bad as Jeff Breidich was as a GM, it was a great move bringing in Shaw. It was a great move bringing in Dunn. It was a great move bringing in Wade Davis. For Wade Davis, it worked out for about a half season. It did. And then it really didn't work out well. It was the right move at the time, but (laughs) Breidish did not know, at least I don't think he knew, that Shaw would have it in his head that pitching in altitude would be a problem. Right. They didn't sit down and have this long conversation. Or maybe they should have had that conversation. But Shaw doesn't know how he's going to react pitching at altitude until he pitches there consistently. It was the right move by the Padres. Right now it hasn't worked out. We will see moving forward. But they still have Soto, and Soto's working out. Yes. All right, just in case you missed it, Rory McIlroy rallied to win his third tour championship yesterday as his uh, six-shot deficit entering the final round tied the largest 54-hole comeback in his PGA career. As Tiger Woods said, he started the week off with a triple bogey, and then he never gave up. What do you think about the year Rory had as he had his best year on the course in a while and really shouldered the burden of being the face of the PGA Tour? Yeah, yeah, and reeled in Scotty Scheffler, too, who has been the number one player in the world for uh, pretty much all of this season and has been probably the best guy on tour. Rory McIlroy has been interesting this year. He's asserted his leadership more, albeit in the shadow of Tiger Woods, which is, a, I think, a role that he assumes very comfortably. I don't think that he has a problem with that. They have a very good friendship, a very good working friendship. But I think that Rory McIlroy is kind of becoming that that kind of, a, not an elder statesman, because he's not elder yet, but I think that he's more of a guy now on tour that is looked to for some direction. He has taken care of that part of the equation, and, by the way, is still good enough to go win $18 million in the FedEx Cup, which is what he did yesterday. It was a six-stroke comeback in the final round. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. I find the comeback to be somewhat ironic because it is Rory McElroy who has been incredibly vocal going after Greg Norman and the Live Tour. It is ironic because, and while this is not a major, it, it's still a huge tournament, Rory comes back from a six-stroke deficit in the final round. When if you go back more than a few decades, it's Greg Norman that blew a six-stroke lead in the Masters. I find that to be incredibly poetic. And he's a better guy than Greg Norman, too, I think. He is. Better ambassador. And I, I can't remember which golfer that said it, but he actually came out and said that. He said... And you know what? Not only is Rory McIlroy doing his best to torch Greg Norman, he was also a better golfer than Greg Norman. Right. Which, I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, we'll give Greg Norman his due. I mean, you don't win majors without game. He lost some majors, too. Um, Two of them, though, yes. were freak losses where guys hold out when it's like, how in the world did that happen? Right. He's had a lot of bad luck over the course of his career. However, he has also blown leads that have put others in an opportunity to chip in from 100 But I'd rather be Greg Norman than Colin Montgomery in my career, you know? I'd rather not be either one of them, but if I had to be one over the other, I'd rather be 
Greg Norman, because at least he's sipped from the chalice. Right. Colin Montgomery barely ever got there. There are similarities between Rory McIlroy and Greg Norman, in which when they both burst onto the scene, mm-hmm. they were both seen as the next great thing for the tour. And while both of them have won majors, I think it is fair to say, and while it is unfair, but it is fair to say, both over the course of their careers have never lived up to what the media and the fans gave them, which were lofty, really high expectations. That's probably fair. They never fulfilled it. But for Norman, it was on a big stage in which he kept blowing it, blowing it, blowing it. For Rory, it was never huge losses. Plus, he did play in the era of Tiger Woods. And for Greg Norman, he did not. And that's a big difference. That was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk in any store. Try out the appliances before you buy them. You got to check out their new showroom, by the way. Uh, it is their clearance center. It's right off of I-70, about 68th Street. So it's this huge, long building where Mountain High Appliances, now they have pretty much the entire building. And the showroom is enormous. Great pricing. If you want to go to their other stores in Louisville and Littleton, it's very cool because they have, they have like kitchens set up on how each appliance looks. Great customer service at Mountain High Appliance. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, what were your overall takeaways about the final preseason game? Who impressed? And I had a conversation with K.J. Hamler about why he played in this game. He'll tell you why he did play in this game when starters really didn't play in this game. Next. Look into your heart, pretty baby. Is it aching with some nameless need? 